0: It seems that you may have landed on our channel by mistake. So I must give you fair warning. You are not in Kansas anymore. Toto could be a beautiful, mysterious, and seductive woman like me. But the Wicked Witch might be a tall, dark, and handsome, unfaithful husband. In other words, you have landed at a way station called The Tango Chicago podcast, and your life is going to change forever. The Tango Chicago Podcast is sponsored in part by the law firm of Chadwick and LaCurtis, located on the beautiful shores of Lake Michigan in Chicago's Hyde Park neighborhood. For the culturally curious, Hyde Park is the Chicago home of the finest U.S. American President, Barack Obama, of Chicago's finest mayor, Harold Washington, of Chicago's finest university, the University of Chicago, of Chicago's finest museum, the Museum of Science and Industry. As the finest law firm in Chicago, Chadwick and Curtis is pleased to serve you in these areas. Personal injury, medical malpractice, civil rights abuses, nursing home negligence, product liability, worker compensation, and wrongful death. You can reach us at
1: 773-955-1088.
2: How you doing? Hey. Are you there? Yeah, yeah.
1: Hey, can you hear me?
2: Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. Yeah, hold on a sec. Uh, I'm going to get minted. Okay. Hi, hon. How you doing? I got Tim on the hey. phone, Roy.
3: Hey, guys. I'm also in, in this call. <laughs> oh, hey, Tim. <laughs> hey, how are you? Good.
2: Hey. How's the weather there in in sunny California?
3: No
4: rain.
2: No rain? No. So we called to do a little interview with you guys. So you're ready for us? Yeah. <laughs> okay yeah, we're ready. all right can you introduce yourselves guys for for people who don't know who we're talking to
1: sure i'm uh i'm roy nyberg i'm um, originally from oak park illinois and then after i moved to la now i currently teach high school physics and math
2: and right the wife I'm
4: <laughs> say your name say your name again
2: mince Minsei. M- 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 okay and, and
4: uh, i'm i'm from china and i met roy at the school School we both work at. We started dating five years ago.
2: Okay, we got a little preview here, Roy. Let me start you from the beginning, please. Give me a little history about your upbringing. Uh, you said where you were raised and and your educational background. Mm-hmm. Tell me all about it.
1: Sure. So Oak Park is right outside Chicago. hmm Um, suburb there. I've got three older brothers and one younger brother. Mm-hmm. So that, that was kind of how I grew up. I did sports a lot as a kid. I didn't do any like dancing or anything, but I, I was a wrestler. Was my main sport. Did you get
2: a scholarship uh, from I, the school, or did you just do it for fun?
1: I did get recruited to wrestle. The
2: mm-hmm.
1: school, the I went to University of Pennsylvania, Wow. and they do not offer scholarships. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But but they did recruit me to wrestle there, and I and I did wrestle there for four years. Uh huh. So I I continued doing that. Then came back to Chicago for graduate school,
2: uh-huh. uh huh,
1: to keep doing physics.
2: What what and school was that?
1: University of Illinois at Chicago.
2: And what made you uh, interested in physics as opposed to physical education or gym? Or what?
1: So yeah, I was it was actually in a chemistry class uh-huh. that we did an experiment with a high temperature superconductor, and we basically poured some liquid nitrogen on this thing that was on a magnet. Mm-hmm. And it started floating, and then we were playing with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was fascinated. I thought it was really cool. And then the teacher said that it's a mystery. Uh, science doesn't know why this happens. We just know that it does. So
3: mm-hmm.
1: I, I, I decided then that I would, like, pursue that, learn more about it. <clears throat> so then when I entered college, I took um, physics right away as a freshman. Ah. And I did well, and I liked it, so I kept going. Okay. And, and then that was that. And then when I was done with my undergraduate, I thought I wanted to keep studying physics.
2: So, are your parents in the sciences?
1: My dad is a, well, he's retired now, but he was a professor of biology also at UIC, and uh, and my mom was a software engineer.
2: Wow. So you had, they were brainiacs. <laughs> they,
4: they only know how to study. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, the, the, the fruit doesn't fall far from the tree. You got a scientist, and you got a... A techie for a mom, so he he couldn't go too far from that. Yeah. Okay, so you get to UIC, you start studying your master's and your Ph.D. in physics. Is that how it worked?
1: Yeah, kind of. I actually didn't get a master's. I I enrolled directly into the Ph.D. program.
2: So you came from Pennsylvania with a bachelor's and you went right into the Ph.D. program?
1: Yeah, exactly. How the
2: hell did you do that?
1: It's it's not that unusual to, um, in the sciences... If, you, if you, you keep going, and if you like your first school for graduate school yeah, for the Ph.D., if, if you want to transfer and go somewhere else, then you get a master's and go somewhere else.
2: Oh, I see. Um,
1: yeah, that, that's, that's normal.
2: Okay. How long did it take you to complete your studies?
1: I was at UIC about seven years. Wow. And then after I moved to L.A., I still actually had to go back and defend. I, I moved out here before I had defended, so I think altogether, I think 2008 uh, I can't remember if it was 2008 or 2009 that, that I was actually awarded uh, the Ph.D.
2: Now for the wife. Give us a little background on your education and your parenting and, and okay. how you were raised. And I want to know how you became the woman that you are today. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Give us some time and here I am. But, um, I, I grew up in China. and
2: Which part of China?
4: The southern part of China.
2: The, what's the town called?
4: Oh, the name is called Hangzhou. H-A-N-G-Z-H-O-U. Okay. It's a city right by Shanghai.
2: Oh, okay. Shanghai is more. Yeah, we know Shanghai. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so it's would that be considered a suburb or a rural area of China?
4: It's a city where I grew up. It's a suburb of the city.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. It, does it have any does it have any industry? What is it known for? Is it more agricultural or is it manufacturing or is it high tech? How what how what's your city known for?
4: It's known for tourism because oh. it has a famous lake, not oh. West Lake.
2: Oh, okay.
4: Well, it's known as the heaven on earth, China.
2: Whoa. So that Ooh. that <laughs> means that you're an angel, right?
3: <laughs> um. <laughs>
2: Well, I'll, take, I'll take that. We'll, we'll, we'll let Roy answer that. So, okay. So go go ahead and tell me.
4: The baby so. one with the wings.
2: <laughs> okay. How how far did you go in school in China?
4: I went to college to study English, English and finance. Okay. And I came to the United States. I went to University of Southern California in LA.
2: What made you come halfway around the world to US what was your vision when you were in school there what made you decide yeah. to come here?
4: My English major really gave me a lot of experience of like different cultures mm-hmm. America American culture or other any cultures out in the world and I just feel like really curious so okay I had this English major and I could speak English. And I think I, the next right thing to do is just to go some country that speak English.
2: So, what was the in your home in your home? The language was what?
4: Mandarin Chinese.
2: Mandarin. Mandarin. Okay. Was English widely spoken in in your city, or just in the educational facilities?
4: Yeah, it's it's uh, English is required from middle school to high school and then you have to continue taking it in college really so if you meet young young people they could do basic conversation with you but like people who are older especially my parents they don't speak english
2: really Mm -hmm. and what did your how did your parents make their living what did they do
4: so they were originally farmers like every chinese people (laughs) and then (laughs) wait a minute every
2: every chinese person is a farmer get out of here are you serious
4: Yeah. Yeah, like then, you know how before, China's only existed from 1949. Before that, I think when the year when China become like new China in 1949. Yes. There's basically, basically everybody is either a farmer or work for a factory, which working a factory is considered to be the best job ever because they have, have health benefits and stuff. Uh-huh. This is a com- communist country back then. I don't know about now, but. But okay. so, yes, yeah, so everyone's My parents are. And they started to have their own small business. They, what kind, they of, bi- sell what kind of fish? They sell fish, fish market.
2: Fish to eat, mm-hmm. not not fish to uh, look at in an aquarium, right? No, to eat. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they went from farming to a fishery, yes?
4: <laughs> to a business. Yeah, small business. It's
2: like a fishery where people, was it wholesale or retail? Yeah. Uh, it, uh, it's retail. Okay. So people would come into the yeah. store to buy fish to eat.
4: Yeah, it's like a farmer's market. Yeah, they sell fish.
2: I got it. And what did your parents want you to do based on their lifestyle and their their livelihood? Did they want you to do what you're doing now? Or did, did what vision did the parents really have for you?
4: Before I was born, their vision was to have me as a boy. To- <laughs> so uh, the reason, because they have like farmland. So yeah. they feel a the boy could, like, do the work. Right. But the, but China's changing so fast, so pretty soon they, they're they not farmers anymore either. Both people, and they did other kind of small business, too. They opened up restaurants, and they, they did, a, like, all different kind of business.
2: So your parents were entrepreneurs then? They are. <laughs> okay. Kind of. So they didn't get a boy. They opened up all these different businesses. So how were you able to convince them that you wanted to do what you're doing now? Did you have? Was there a, a fight where you had to convince them to let you leave home, or what was that discussion about?
4: Yeah, they actually supported my study here. They like the idea I'm getting more education. That's what they don't have, and they, they don't have the opportunity to have. So if I if I tell them I wanted to have more education, they would do everything they could to support me. So they supported me to come here and study. So there's no fight in that. It was a lot of there.
2: Okay. How did you choose the school or the state that you wanted to come to? Was it a lottery or was it random or did you get some guidance from your school? or How did you make the decision?
4: I think it was very simple for me. I just wanted to go somewhere, have really good weather. <laughs> 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 so I don't have... <laughs> So it was like no brainer decision.
2: Well, wait a minute. Was the weather bad yeah. from your hometown?
4: It's just very wet and humid. In the in the summer it's hot and humid. Yeah. I don't grew up with a, air conditioning. And sometimes there's like no power in the village because everyone's using power or fans or air conditioning and there's no like power. So so in the middle of the night you you just can't sleep and it's too hot. Oh, okay. And there's mosquitoes. Okay. I don't like that. And then in the winter it's really cold and we don't have heater and it's also kind of humid cold
2: what do you mean you don't have a heater no no coal stove wood wood burning stove nothing
4: no no you're spoiled being america (laughs) (laughs)
2: listen we
4: have none of that (laughs) i'm
2: a minority most of the time i grew up our lights were cut off because we couldn't pay the bill. So I know what you're talking about, but I'm trying <laughs> I'm trying to get a feel for this. You had no heat in the winter and you were miserable no. in the summer.
4: When when I was in college, mm-hmm. it was so cold in, the, in my dorm room. Yeah. We would use the like hair hair blowers to warm up our feet.
2: We did that all the time. We put it under the blanket and we had a heated beds because the hairdryer kept us warm. I know exactly what you're talking about. So why would you pick California, which is known for being sort of hot? What was the thinking of that as opposed to a more moderate or temperate state with a temperate climate?
4: Well, I just, just liked LA. It's year-long the same weather. I don't yeah, I don't need to be in the air conditioning or the heating heat use a heater at all. So but okay. it's great. And also it's a, it's a famous city. I know New York is a big city. LA is a famous city. Right. Between New York and LA, like I don't think I want to go to New York. It's too much winter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Now what did you study in uh in college, please?
4: Uh so I went to University of Southern California. Yeah as a second language.
2: And And you were doing English as a second language with the idea that you would be a teacher or what?
4: English teacher.
2: For people who didn't speak English as a first language. Okay.
4: So when I graduated, I couldn't find a job as an English teacher because I'm in a country everybody speaks better English than me.
2: Um. (laughs) Welcome to America. (laughs) And then... (laughs) You couldn't find a job. Now you know what it's like to be in the land of the free and the home of the brave, right? Yeah. Well, I
4: I found a job teaching Chinese, though.
2: Oh, you, so you were teaching Mandarin?
4: Yeah, right. And that's how I met Roy.
2: Wait a minute. You were teaching Mandarin to English speakers?
4: Right, correct.
2: What, and why were they trying to learn Mandarin?
4: Because their parents are rich.
2: <laughs> well, welcome to America. You found the secret. <laughs> Okay. You're teaching Mandarin. You say Roy was uh, trying to learn Mandarin?
4: No, I was teaching at a private school. Yeah. And Roy's science over there. And then we we're just like next door to each other.
2: Oh, okay. Well, wait a minute. Uh, stop there. Tim, do you have any questions for the wife to find out uh, that I didn't ask before we asked Roy about how they met? No, went? no, I
3: didn't want to interrupt up the same time, so... <laughs> that's
2: nice she's got a hell of a life
3: Congratulations. That's the, yeah Okay. over history <laughs>
2: okay uh right <Roy. laughs> uh, so uh, t- t- before the wife tells me her version of how you guys met you want to tell your story then then i'm gonna have the wife verify it
1: oh, okay yeah so we were working at the same place next door to each other for a few months and at the time I was running this, like, hiking club on Saturday. Why? And uh, Did she look she, like she,
2: she's a rock climber or something, or what?
1: I just, I, I wanted the club really to grow a lot. Yeah? So I was just, I was inviting, like, everyone I, I knew. I just had this idea that, like, if I invite 20 people, then eight people will show up, kind of thing.
2: Okay, so it was a numbers game. You didn't have any particular yeah. in- interest in the wife at that time. You just was trying to fill the class, right?
1: Desperate. <laughs> uh, Right. right. So I I remember she she said she was going to go and then she couldn't. And she called me and apologized and said, uh, we should hang out sometime. Mm -hmm. And all right, whatever.
2: So she blew you off and were you sort of upset about that? No,
1: no, I, I... I was, it was fine. You know, I, I invited a lot of people that I barely knew. It was normal. I was actually kind of surprised she even bothered to call me to tell me she wasn't coming. Because usually people will just say, oh, I'll go if I can. They just don't show up. But she actually called me to tell me she couldn't make it. So that that was like different. Okay. And so I, so I had her number that summer. I was how, working at a place and I.
2: How, how long after she gave you her number, did you decide to give her a call?
4: I will tell you the story.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, tell me the story. <laughs>
4: Wait, where are we? Oh, how long did we hang out? Okay.
2: He's telling me that he had your number after you didn't show up at the rock climbing event, and I want to know how long did it take for him to finally call you and make contact after that?
4: I think maybe a month or two when the summer vacation starts.
2: Yeah?
3: I
4: live in Long Beach. He was working somewhere close to where I live. He said... He said he would just like ask me to go hiking with him. We just went hiking together. So he likes to ha- hiking. It's not rock climbing.
2: Oh, okay.
4: I didn't know what hiking is until I went with him. I realized hiking is basically just walking. <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, I'll do that." We we hiked around a park in my neighborhood. Yeah. And um, there's a fence. There's a fence around somewhere I was like, let's climb the fence. And he's like, okay. So we climbed the fence to get in somewhere. I realized there's just like an entrance, like a few feet in front of it. But we didn't <laughs> see it. So we decided to climb the fence. <laughs> um,
2: what kind of place was it? And
4: then it was a park. And then I think the fence was just like a different side of the park. But there's like a different entrance. So okay. we didn't see that. We just decided to climb in. So, yeah. And then after that, and then he asked me if I have a boyfriend. hmm and then I, I told him, like, I don't have a boyfriend right now. So that's
2: when we started hanging out. Ah. Yeah. So yeah. he was sort of attracted to you all the time, and he made his move on a hiking event, huh? <laughs>
4: <laughs> that sounds really good.
2: <laughs> when he originally invited you to do the uh, hiking where you couldn't make it, did you think anything at that point, or were you just thinking it was a ge- um, general invitation did you have any well, interest I, in him at, at that time or no
4: yeah i mean i was i was single at the time and i know he is single i needed to meet more friends so when i heard that he has a hiking club uh-huh. so i told him i'm interested in joining like so we got each other's number that way and when he invited me I felt I'm like so important that he invited me, and if I can't go, he'll feel so sad. So that's why I decided to call. <laughs> but apparently, being like completely nerdy about it, and he's like, eh, "I invite everybody." So I was like, "Fine."
2: <laughs> oh my god! Well, I think your your understanding of his emotion was probably more accurate than what he's willing to admit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, tell me how it is that you guys in the park, you decided you both were not seeing anybody and you were going to start seeing each other. Progress me from there. How, How did things go from there?
4: We did a lot of fun things together. We, we roller, because I live near the beach, oh. so we lo- rollerblade around the, the beach path. And then we banked there, too. And uh, we just kept really active. Mm-hmm. And we walked around, like, uh, the Madrona Marsh, really nice place that we like to go. And he's very, in, he has a lot of like, ha- hobbits and things he likes to do, and he invited me. We went to comedy clubs together and and we did a lot of fun things together and we just really enjoyed like doing activities together.
2: So what was your interest as far as hobbies and things to do? Did you make any Suggestions on what you like or were you were you agreeable just to what he liked or how, how did that go?
4: Yeah, very agreeable. I like to do outdoor stuff, be active. A lot of things he suggested, I'm just really open to it. He did most of the suggesting of like things to do. He's more like mentions you want to do something. I'm more like the person take the action and be like, let's do it.
2: <laughs> so, are there any, so were there any things that you wanted to try that he decided maybe he didn't want to do it or was it...
4: Yeah, he's very agreeable on things. I want to try going to the uh, aquarium or road trip somewhere, or oh, and then we started camp. We really liked camping together too. I proposed to go to. I don't know if it's to me or some or him, but we went to listen to symphonies together. I like to dress up. Did that together. Wow. So we both like do things. We. I think it, Tango was one of the things that we wanted to do as on our date. He mentioned that he used to tango and then I'm the one that, Oh, let's look up what what tango's around. So we did that. We H- found H- wait a minute. One Had woman. you
2: done any dancing before?
4: No, I'm horrible with rhythm and beat I can't find the beat or rhythm so I didn't think dancing is for me I wasn't very confident about it so
2: no dancing in your background parents didn't dance you didn't dance. no no okay
4: no my I think it's an Asian thing (laughs) Chinese people think (laughs)
2: So he wanted to explore some tango cuz he had done it before when he's in Chicago. Tim, you want to pick up uh about his tango uh, exploits in Chicago so everybody can Well un-
3: actually it was Roy who found you, found your club so Like Minte said, he's the one who's always active and likes many things to do. Mm -hmm. You know, we were all students and very busy with schoolwork, Mm -hmm. but uh, Roy found Tango and said, hey, we we should all. Mm -hmm. So that's when Mario, me, Dunya, Sasha, Sanya, and Roy, we all came that day. At UIC? At UIC, yeah.
2: And so that was
3: the leader of our group.
2: What year was that?
3: 2003. Yeah, three.
2: <laughs> so he started Tango in Chicago in 2003.
3: Okay. And then eventually, you know, he didn't he <laughs> he <couldn't tango. laughs> Okay, and the yeah, the like
2: everybody else who's stone tango addicts. I
3: started going to every milonga and every studio, and that, that's when Roy probably said that this graphical <laughs> is more important.
2: So, Mince, pick up now yeah. h- how you guys got, uh, got to tango in California.
4: We found this lady, her name's Alona. She's teaching um, tango 1.0 beginning lessons it's a 10 session once a week
2: what what part of california is this again
4: southern california
2: okay I mean, what, what city? Oh,
4: Hamosa Beach.
2: Hamosa Beach, California. Okay. All right. Oh, wait.
4: Let me think about it. Is it Hamosa or Manhattan? Okay. I, I'm not exactly sure which beach. Girl? But yeah. Okay. Um.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: um, Manhattan Beach, Hamosa Beach.
2: Hey, as long as the sun is shining <laughs> and you don't have to put on the uh, air conditioner, you don't care where, what town you're in. Long, right. Okay. Right. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Tell me about. Tell me about this lady.
4: She and her husband uh, teaches the basic tango class. We just started from there, and we finished it, uh, the whole 1.0 class.
2: Uh
3: We
4: tried to move on to her 2.0 class, Uh which is uh, supposedly be more intermediate, but we can't, we just can't follow up, you know, we can't keep up. It's um, it's too difficult.
2: What was difficult about it?
4: My memory is close. But at the intermediate class I remember we started doing like the closing brace yeah. I just don't get the closing brace
2: okay. yeah.
4: <laughs> I just can't move
2: You don't want to be close to your husband
4: No no it's good I like to, the physical contact of the dance but when we do closing brace I feel like I just can't move
2: You don't have the room
4: Yeah all that mm-hmm. and then we don't know what to do and seems like she's doing more like things out there that I just can't keep up, steps and moves and all that. Mm-hmm. She she's a different kind of approach. Okay. Um. Than that what I I'm learning now.
2: What style of tango is she? Was she teaching? Is it traditional, salon, milonguero, nuevo? Do you know? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you didn't stick with the 2.2.0. Point, point oh, what happened?
4: And then we paused for a very long time. And then um, he found this oxygen tango place. They have a, a boot camp. Okay. So it's more committed tango dance from zero to, it's supposedly from zero where you start and then you're supposed to be graduating with the, the confidence to go to a Malonga. Okay. It's a three month long commitment. You go to at least two lessons and then practice a lot. The drills at home or and then you have to stay at least three hours or that long for the practica afterwards basically we put in maybe seven to eight hours every week it's very committed for three months so roy did that first and he gets so much better in tango and then i decided to join after so i did um, i did that is it too. two
2: hours per week plus the three hours practica or two hours a day
4: lesson is two hours per week
2: oh okay two hours a week and then three hours practica right
4: yeah, and then um, that's the minimum. We did more. Okay. We did probably like ten hours or eight hours. We did a lot. Yeah.
2: Okay. So you got to see some uh, some some improvement right away, right?
4: Right. And then we understand what capoeira is big. Okay. Uh, for me, yeah. And then.
2: Uh, Why is capoeira big for you? You're not used to looking in people's eyes, or what? <laughs>
4: I, I love, I love cabaceo because I, it's my personality. I just have trouble to say no. And I also have trouble to say like, like, let's dance. You know, I just can't do this. So when, like, for example, like when I really want to dance, but I don't know that people are doing cabaceo. So I just don't know what's going on. And I don't know, <laughs> should I talk to somebody and be like, let's dance? Or should I stand here look pretty and waiting for someone to ask me? I have no clue like what to do and I, if someone asked me hey do you want to dance but if they I just don't feel like dancing with them like what should I do I would just say yes because <laughs> I don't know how to say no um, so with the tool of cabaseo it really saves me I you know if I wanted I just feel really like a free and confident in practica malangas like if I want to dance this song I would look around and find a position, a a place to stand and look at the person I want to dance with. And that just happens. But if I don't want to do the dance, I just look down or make a conversation. I feel like I have more control of, like, what's happening. Okay. You know, I feel more comfortable that way. Yeah.
2: Okay. All right. You learned some Milonga etiquette and how long did you stay in the boot camp, in that particular boot camp?
4: How long did how, I stay in the how boot camp? How long did
2: you guys study? Oh,
4: the boot camp. The, it's, it's a three month.
2: It's a three month boot camp, so you stayed in there three mm-hmm. months and then you, gra- you graduated so you could go to a Milonga, right?
4: Right, and then uh, we joined the membership of the, the Tango Place. They have class Monday, pretty much they have class every day and they have practica every day. We just went as much as we could.
2: Is this where you currently a member of same place? Yeah, it
4: is. We are the member.
2: And you've been there for how long?
4: Over a year, I think, yeah.
2: So you've been there for a year. Yeah. And what's your main complaint with the male leads that you dance with? What what, what kind of complaints do you have?
4: I don't have much complaint, because if I don't like dancing with them, I just don't dance with them again. So, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't suffer from the same person.
2: <laughs> so, if somebody is not pleasant to dance with you just ignore them or you look look away so they don't so they can't cabaseo you to dance is that right
4: right and then if i know i don't like their style or i don't really enjoy dancing with them Mm -hmm. i just don't cabaseo them and if they ask me i would say no if we're dancing and he's hurting me sometimes the arm or my knee hurts Mm-hmm. I would let them know and I would stop even before the tandas like finished. I would tell them, like, my knee hurts or my arm hurts. Like, sorry, I had pause. I think I grew a lot of confidence in that. So I tango is a lot of uh, enjoyment for me. Then, then yeah.
2: So. <laughs> so you've got the confidence now to tell them to uh, get lost if you don't like the way they dance, basically. Right. <laughs> uh, okay. And what what complaints do the men have when they dance with you what have they complained to you about
4: Well they could complain but it's probably not it's probably their problem <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> uh let's see. I think Roy, Roy complained about that because the uh, my my right arm, my right hand when I hold his hand. Yeah. is not giving the the same connection the resistance. The support.
2: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
4: Resistance. You push my hand a little bit and be, you need to put more resistance there. Okay. So, I think that's one thing I've been working on the resistance.
2: Any other complaints from the big guy? Oh,
4: Farroy. Sometimes he thinks I do too much fancy stuff. <laughs> I like to swing my leg too much.
2: So, so you're over embellishing, are you?
4: I think he just needs to wait. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> right.
2: So he just needs to wait till you finish doing your thing and get over it,
4: huh? <laughs> right, because. You got most of the dance anyway, like.
2: <laughs> you think the men have all the time and, and they're not giving you enough time to do your thing. Is that basically where you're coming from right okay yeah and and have you explained that to him have you had a conversation with him or what
4: yeah we had i think he had a point sometimes like if he don't intend to lead so to move but i been like doing it that might feel weird to him and i've been pretty i've been like improving on that and he's so much better dancer now i think uh-huh. we grew a lot of tolerance to each other
2: beautiful the missing link here is we want to know how your date From camping and walking around, climbing over fences, turned into marriage. Uh, What was that process like? How did it happen?
4: Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Two insecure persons that needed each other. (laughs) So we just got married really fast. Wait a
2: minute. So whose idea was it and how did it happen? Give me details.
4: Well, I think it's mostly my idea. <laughs> Roy think it, Roy think it's his idea, so
2: he th- he thinks it's his idea, and you think it's your idea,
4: right? So he's the one proposed at a place that we like to hike. Yeah, and then we just sit, we just went for a hike and walk.
2: Yeah,
3: and
4: we sit down, and he asked he asked me in terms of marriage, do you want to do it? And I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> so um,
2: very romantic.
4: It was nothing. <laughs> it was very rational, logical, scientific. Um, and then we we decided to get married before my parents say no. <laughs> we went to Vegas uh-huh. to rent registers. Uh-huh. And then um, it, it's called the Capo de Bell. And we just hired somebody for like $300. We hired a, a pastor. Yeah. Announced as husband and wife, and uh, we went a little bit gambling and eating around uh, in Vegas, and that's it. And then that's our getting married story.
2: <laughs> uh, so wait a minute, your parents didn't didn't know you were getting married? No.
4: They didn't know. <laughs> oh. They were pissed. Oh,
2: you're kidding me. Have yeah. they, Have they forgiven you?
4: I don't know if they've forgiven me yet or not, but I know they love me and they love Roy. We visit China three times already. Oh, have you? Mm-hmm. We pretty much go back every year to visit my family. My mom's, like, I think my mom's growing more love, my husband, than my dad. Uh-huh. Um,
2: well, that's natural.
4: Yeah. <laughs> but as, like, a grumpy old man and thinks, like, nobody deserves his daughter. And I'm like, Okay. <laughs> But yeah, we went back to China and Roy loved China. Really? Yeah, we had a good time there. We usually we, we go back almost every summer.
2: How much time do you spend there when you go?
4: Usually two weeks. Mm-hmm. we traveled a lot of city in china together yeah and then uh, we were actually thinking about going to china and try tango there too i found some tango plays in china ah and yeah but and we haven't done it yet it will be the next step
2: which part of china was it shanghai malanga oh okay all right yeah wow well this is pretty interesting you guys are tim did you have some questions that i, I failed to ask?
3: Did you guys consider teaching? What? Yeah, teaching tango. Did you guys...
4: Roy considered doing tango teaching, and he's already teaching it at his high school. He offered it as an elect- oh, elective really? class to his high school. <laughs> I haven't thought about that. I think Chinese people really... You know, when I go tango, I saw a lot of Asians. I think we just really like the the dance and it's a dance apparently it's not a big culture thing Mm -hmm. how i grew up like Mm -hmm. dancing or even music Mm or maybe music but not dance we did a social dancing for a while different kind of social dancing for a while we tried salsa well that's it okay so,
2: so i understand that roy said he was in some sort of performance group or no you guys are performing. Oh yeah! Tell me about that. Yeah,
4: he so he also take uh, private lessons from Sandra Pereza, P- 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 and they are a couple who do chore chore dancing. Roy's really taking lessons from them, and then they have a a performance. They put like a song, a dance, a, like three minutes dance together, and then. They just keep practicing the same dance for weeks for for a long time. And then they perform it at different malangas. Um, I think he already did like three or four performances um, at different malangas.
2: Are you in the group with him or he, it's just him and his?
4: Um, I, So I couldn't do it because it's every Saturday. I'm working as a flight attendant. I don't have weekends off, so uh-huh. I can't do it.
2: Are you still Are you still flying uh, with the uh, pandemic that's going on?
4: I am. Wow. I'm still working. I just don't have as much work.
2: Which airline is, is that?
4: American Airlines.
2: Okay. So uh, is it local or are you flying across internationally? I or? flew
4: to China before this happened, but now it's just only domestic.
2: Oh, it's domestic. Okay. Yeah. You're qualified to teach English as a second language. You're teaching Mandarin, but you end up doing airline work. So which wh- what's your preference? What do you like the best?
4: Airline work It's so much better. Why? <laughs> Teaching, I think being a teacher is so much stress. Okay. Kids are scary sometimes.
2: <laughs> okay. All right. Well, what about those drunk airline passengers? They don't stress you out.
4: No, because I I learn how to do self defense. <laughs> and um, there's uh, there's a lot of time. There's like there's air air patrol people on board, or there's like uh, some kind of law enforcement on board, like and a- there's four flight attendants. Not I'm not alone by myself. Uh huh. Um, So there's like, no, I always feel safe when I fly. Because when people fly, I think people feel really vulnerable. We're there to make them feel like more safe. I a lot of times feel like in control and have, I I think, I think it's a really nice job. I'm actually currently working towards my pilot license. What? I want to be an airline pilot one day.
2: Get the hell out of here. What do you mean? You mean like <laughs> a, com- a commercial pilot? Or are you talking about piloting your own yeah. small plane?
4: Eventually, my career drifts to a commercial pilot working for airlines or the chatter company. Get um, out of here. But I'm starting from. <laughs> I'm starting from working small airplanes. I uh, got my first license.
2: You have your first license already?
4: Yeah, I got it last year, and uh, this year I'm working on my get my commercial license, and then uh, next year I wanted to be king how to fly eventually i have enough qualification experience to work for um, bigger airplanes how, ma-
2: how many hours do you have to have for in flight to qualify for a commercial license
4: for regional airlines mm-hmm. that's the base the first step is uh 1500 hours
2: okay and how many how many do you have how many do you have now
4: I have 170.
2: <laughs> oh, you got you got a long way to go, don't you?
4: It is a very long, long, long,
2: long way. Wow, yeah. but that's so. p- that's pretty interesting. If there's if the pilot has a heart attack, you you think you're able to uh, bring the plane down safely?
4: You mean both pilots? a heart attack? Well,
2: you know, hey, <laughs> one one pilot's gonna be locked in the bathroom, can't get out, and the other one's got a heart attack. Can <laughs> yeah, you can you um, save those three hundred passengers? I
4: hope that doesn't happen. <laughs>
2: You're not prepared to do any landing and and saving saving those 300 passengers, right?
4: No, no. <laughs> okay. I don't think. So.
2: Okay, very good. Wow. Well, you guys are totally amazing. It's it's been absolutely fun talking to you. And tell Roy you you held up your end and his end very well. That that's the mark of an angel. So <laughs> so tell him thank. Thank you, and we'll talk to you guys soon, okay?
4: Yeah, we missed you, and uh, we enjoyed class last time. And also, we enjoyed dancing, seeing Tim at the Molonga. So, well, and thanks for the interview.
2: Okay, well, when you're in Chicago, look us up, come back again. We enjoyed you guys. So. Yeah,
4: we definitely will do that.
2: Okay, and see you later. Bye bye. Say bye, yeah, Tim. Thank him. you see for yeah. sharing
3: your story. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs>
0: are you reaching for the stars but need a rocket boost to get you there are you ready for some mind shifting that will propel you into a new and exciting future if so you may be my ideal client i'm dr elizabeth ann stewart a board certified icf professional life coach you can learn more about my coaching services at www.elizabethann, with an e, stewart.com. Take my life assessment quiz and receive a complimentary computer-generated analysis of your results. And if you wish, you can also schedule a 30-minute complimentary phone conversation with me. Again, I'm Dr. Elizabeth Ann Stewart, ready to take you to the stars. With an e, stewart.com
2: Hi, this is Al, Al Gates of Tango Chicago. If you've made it this far, you're a true tango junkie. We hope episode 5 has given you your fix. Be sure to follow us so when episode six is completed you will be notified i'm sure you will find the next episode just as inspiring informative relevant and hilarious as our students have always been if you have questions or comments please leave them or visit our website at tangochicago.com lastly our sponsors make this podcast possible So when you spend money with them, contact us with your good or poor reviews of their performance, and we will give you a $25 to $50 gasoline card to compensate you for the time that you take to write the review. So again, thanks for listening. See you on the next episode.